Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And today I have my good buddy, uh, Joey Tomlinson, with me. And we're going to talk about uh, grief and loss. Joey, uh, just uh, as we get started, uh, it's been a while since we've had you on. Do you want to catch us up on what's been happening with you, brother? Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Thank you for uh, having me on. And so, um, <laughs> We just so for those who don't know me, I guess I maybe introduce myself a little bit. Uh, my name is Joey. I'm the husband to Braden, and we have three boys: uh, Henry, Owen, and Ames. And so it is um, the best kind of chaos in my home. Uh, I pastor a church over in Newport News, Virginia, uh, called Deer Park Fellowship. Uh, it's a relatively new church plant. And, uh, and so we have been officially planted for about a year now. And so that's kind of been a recent development, but a few years in the making as you know, Dave, and, um, but behind the scenes working, working on a couple of books that I hope will be published here shortly, one on depression with H and E publishing. And then, uh, one on Jonathan Edwards and his 70 revolution uh, resolutions with Ichthus um, publishing. So, yeah. So, yeah. Excited, excited about those and look forward to talking to you on here about those, of course. Yeah, man. Thank you, my brother. Yeah, man. Exciting. Well, guys, uh, today we're going to talk about, as I mentioned, grief and loss and Joey, uh, you know, I think it's okay to, to say this. Joey and I have been sitting here uh, over the last about eight or nine months now uh, talking about my grief and my loss. And uh, he's been such a help to me in, in um, an encouragement to me. I, on October 13th, I think it was uh, 2021, my dear friend and mentor, uh, he's actually my adopted big brother. Now he, he went to be with the Lord. He, a couple of years ago, he had a, a, a heart attack stroke and he had a stent in his heart and then he got COVID um, and it, and it went pretty fast. Um, he was doing pretty well. And then he ended up in the ICU unit on his stomach because he had a really intense, uh, he, he had that COVID pneumonia and, uh, his lungs, I guess were, I didn't realize how bad he didn't tell me, of course, <laughs> that was just how he was. Didn't want me to worry about it. Um, and tell me about it later, <laughs> but, uh, he, uh, he was making the turn and then he had a, he had a stroke. Um, he had blood clots in his brain and then in his leg and they did uh, emergency surgery. They were able to get it out of his leg, but um, not all of the clots out of his brain. And so um, it was, it was kind of in, in interesting um, because around about two o'clock, I just kind of, I told Sarah, I think he's going to be gone. And he's, she's like, don't say that. And then we went to small group, um, that night. Um, and by, when I got back, I made a phone call to somebody in Idaho, 
um, that that knows of knows the situation. And he said, "Yeah, Mike went to be with the Lord," and we just got notified. And who? I think for the first couple of weeks, I was probably in denial. Um, <laughs> I think it took a, quite a while to deal with that, um, as you know, brother. And uh, then I just started realizing I don't, I've never dealt with this. I know, I know how to, I know how to counsel people that are grieving. I know how to counsel people that are hurting. I seem to, uh, I seem to be, have people that I seem to attract a lot of hurting people and people that have gone through a lot of pain, but uh, this was something other. (laughs) This was something very different. And I didn't know how to deal with it. And I said to my wife um, a couple of times, I said, I think I need to have biblical counseling for this. And, um, and that's where I, you know, texted you because you and I know, have known each other now for like going on seven years. It's hard to believe. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you and I have developed a pretty close friendship and I uh, was really thankful for that. Uh, am thankful for that. And uh, um, I knew that you knowing some of the back history with that, so I didn't have to explain too much of it, um, would uh, would be easier on me. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, just, you know, having that, talking through it, being able to talk through it and have some biblical perspective on it has, uh, uh, has been good. And then talking with it with people here locally and other friends as well has been a help to me so yeah i mean i found that some of just even giving you the space to process because as you said i mean you've you've done a lot of counsel given a lot you've done a lot of counseling giving a, you've given a lot of counsel to people and so i don't know if anything that i had to share with you was biblically groundbreaking uh so much as just reminding you of what you already know but also giving you the space to try to work through things and process things and hopefully by God's grace point out some of my own observations of your, your struggle, which was, you know, grief has both a a physical impact on you and, and, and that feeds into the, the spiritual stuff and the spiritual stuff feeds into the physical stuff. And it's just kind of this cycle, this hamster wheel that uh, can, can put you in a, a pretty dark place. Uh, if you're not proactive at addressing that in a way that honors the Lord. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think probably the biggest thing that helped me was the rest aspect. I think, um, you know, I have been intentional over the, over the last, since probably you and I have known each other in that area, but I think this made me even be more proactive in just making sure that, you know, um, really making sure that unless I have to do something and get it done, um, making sure that I have that time to rest and even just being okay, taking a nap and, and being done for the day when I'm really sad. I I think that's why I'm at the place today where I'm at. Um, uh, I think if I, I pushed it, um, more, I would probably not be, have made some of the gains that I have. And, and by saying, by saying gains, like even today, as we recorded this, I, I saw, I saw Mike's wife's post and before we recorded this, I was crying. 
And Joey saw that. <laughs> and, you know, that's just being really real. Um, you know, some people, they, 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 I think we're afraid sometimes as Christian leaders just to come out and kind of let our emotions on our sleeve. But, you know, sometimes I think it's really appropriate. I know that people have said to me when I share my parents, um, they're like, you know, thank you for, for saying that because they see that it's not just, you know, you're putting all this content and stuff out there, but they yeah. see you're actually, you have struggles too. And that actually is the most encouraging thing. And it's not an inappropriate thing. I know some people take exception to that. I understand their arguments and stuff, but um, I think that it is good, you know, to, to share about in an appropriate way about what's happening. Um, yeah. Whether that's in a sermon or in an article or a book or, or other things, I think that it's really helpful and helps people to, to see like, Hey, you're a real person and you have real struggles. You don't, you're not the savior and you're not the Holy spirit. And, yeah. you know, um, but you, you, you trust the Lord and you're working through things. So yeah. that, that's my, that's really my hope with this episode, even in when I do share is that, that people won't just say, Hey, it isn't, it's not about me. It's, it's about Christ in me. Right. Um, it's about the hope that and the comfort that God does provide. I think that going back to just you being vulnerable and, and kind of sharing your own struggle. And I mean, it's a vulnerable thing to even talk about your, your counsel, you know, the, you being counseled by me and us meeting and talking and all of that, like that's a pretty vulnerable thing to put out there for people. Um, but I, when I read the Psalms in particular, you see a lot of Holy Spirit inspired vulnerability in the psalmists. And, and I think one of the uh, one of the things that we wrestle with as Christians, especially if you're a Christian that's in some place of leadership, is uh, the act of lament when things aren't as they should be. Right, just recognizing that there is brokenness in this world that was introduced because of the sin of Adam, and and that the Lord has given us vocabulary to express our grief in faith, and in a way that it doesn't, the grief doesn't embitter us or make us angry toward God, but it in turn draws us close to God, and and so to to have. Uh, pastors and in ministry leaders and you know parachurch ministry leaders that are modeling that is I think a healthy a healthy thing to do uh, and and I think you you have been modeling that well as you've sought to kind of appropriately share uh, just about your own grief and your struggles and. Uh, and even things you get right, things you get wrong in the midst of that whole process um, can, is also helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. That's that's really good. You know, and I just on that point, like, I don't want to say that I do this perfectly by any means. I don't, you know, just because I talk about it doesn't mean that I as as with everything we 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 talk a lot <laughs> in in ministry and whatever ministry we're in we we do a lot of teaching and counseling and helping of people um but 
how how are we doing at practicing? How, how and even with our practice, how much are we doing? Uh, how are we doing at, at modeling it? I, I don't think that I got a. There be day. There's days when I get irritated, um, just because of the rawness of the emotions, and that's part of chronic grief. Is you are going to struggle with the the emotional aspect of it. And my wife has been amazing at this. She is amazing. She's she's gone through uh, her own pain with her parents, and it's a that's another time. Maybe having her on to t- share about that, but. Uh, you know, she gets it. She understands it. She's walked through it. And that's been such a help um, to me, you know, and, and in my better moments, I'm, I'm always saying thank you uh, to, to my wife for, and I'm sorry if I'm irritable. She's like, no, I, 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 I really do understand, you know, and I just hate seeing you this way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, the grief, it certainly has a ripple effect on those that are closest to you. Yeah. And it manifests itself physiologically as well. And so the, you know, the, the need for you to be able to rest so that you can, by God's grace, engage with those spiritual disciplines and on Lord's day, those means of grace that God uses to grow you and shape you and comfort you and, and, and minister to you. Uh, the, the, getting the rest that you need plays a part in um, lowering the levels of irritability towards your wife. And, you know, those moments where um, it, not resting makes you more susceptible to handling it all very poorly. And again, just being in this vicious cycle that you're feeding. And so, so I think you, you know, discerning that, Hey, I need to not work, 14, 15 hour days and I need to throttle, throttle back some so that I can have the emotional fortitude to process well and the emotional fortitude to love the people closest to me well, even though I'm in the midst of grieving. Um, Because I think a pitfall is, you know, so you can get caught up in someone could get caught up in grief. They're not processing it well they begin sinning against those close to them. And instead of recognizing that, calling it what it is, repenting of it, they take on this kind of just this victim mentality of, you know, I'm lashing out because I'm in grief and give me space. Whereas there, there are things that can be done to help, help you navigate that in a more, healthy way because the grief in and of itself isn't, again, it's not bad. You can adopt, it's a, adopting even some biblical, you know, call it biblically calling it lament um, and, and thinking about it that way. And so, so it's not that the, the lamenting suffering and death uh, and, and missing someone, none of those things are bad, uh, but the enemy wants to use those things for your spiritual harm and for uh, to make you unproductive for the kingdom of God and for um, to, to make you a person that's difficult to get along with in your, those relationships closest to you. Yeah. And, and I agree with that. And one of the things that I have a pattern with is dwelling on things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
it's not a good it's not a good habit <laughs> yeah um you know dwelling on it and then where you're where you're then thinking about it and it's really hard to break um it's really really hard to break but you know we we have we have a sure and sufficient word right so yeah. we can meditate on that and and in our better moments and our better days we we know that or we should know that um you know that if you've definitely listened to this show because i've definitely have talked about meditation on this show and we've talked about all of that but you know it's it's practicing it it's it's putting it into practice it's you know so for me that means like when i do feel that i'm kind of reaching the end and it feels like I'm so raw. That's the time when I need to turn off my laptop. Um, mm. It's time when I need to go pray. And and then maybe after I pray, see see how I am, you know. Um, maybe I'll end up taking a nap. And then I'm just like, I'll usually go to Sarah since she works from home. And I'll be like, do you think I should do it anymore today? And she's, most of the time, she's like, no, just just chill out. And... <laughs> There would have been a time when I probably would have just gone back and done what I gone back to work and all that. But it has been it has been good. And then I noticed maybe a few hours later or later in the evening or the next day, I'm, I'm in a much better frame of mind. And that and that really helps um, to take it. And there would have been a time in my 20s when I would have pushed through all of it. I just would have not necessarily stuffed it down, but just not taken the time and. So take the time, you know, if you're, you know, my situation is a little bit different than everybody else's. So I need to qualify that a bit, but like, take the, take the time, you know, on your day off or something like that. You know, if it's a family member, you get time off, you know, with the family, family leave act and take that time that you get. If it's a family member, take that time. Uh, get some get some help if you're having a problem. Um, there's no there's nothing better than you know to to take that time to address things. And and I've noticed just uh, I am a pretty compassionate and caring guy, but I've noticed that it's even increased more. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with just being more proactive and. You know, um, <laughs> I've noticed a guy who reads and one of the things I think you pointed out early on when we were talking about is making sure I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I think that we can just get into this rut and I know I'm guilty of it, of just doing it. And am I really enjoying the writing? Am I enjoying the recording? Am I enjoying doing what I'm doing? And it really is. A, and I know it in my better moments that all of this is a privilege and all of it is God's grace, of course. And that um, it's an amazing blessing to have a have whatever the Lord has given me. And I don't deserve any of it. Um, I deserve the opposite of it, all of it. And yet God has chosen to be gracious and kind. And, and so um, even just reflecting on that and being getting up in the morning and saying, thank you, Lord, for today um, has been huge for me in this mm -hmm. lamenting grief loss process. Um, and it, it helps to reorient my perspective. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. It, it's um, grief. Definitely. I mean, pro, uh, one symptom of depression is prolonged sadness, which can be super vague, but 
uh, a part of grief is is a prolonged sadness and, and a byproduct of that can be then you're not enjoying the things that you once enjoyed and um, things kind of seem colorless and tasteless and uh, and and those are those are all signs of of a, a form of depression and um, and and so being being mindful of that pain, as you were saying, paying attention to those moments where you can tell, man, I'm not, I, I, I need to take a step back and I need to care, you know, care for my own body and soul so that um, I can, by God's grace, trend healthy. Um, that's good. And you can't do it alone, right? You've got a uh, Lord willing people even listening to this are connected to a local church and, you know, and, and have people speaking into their life about this issue. If this is an issue, they're, uh, find themselves in the midst of, and, and, and speaking of rest, I mean, God designed things in such a way that he built in rest for us, you know, and, and, uh, and so to avail ourselves of the Christian Sabbath and the means of grace and to truly disengage from, the the work and labors of the other six days of the week. I mean, we 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 at least can't go more than seven days without needing rest, according to the way God's designed things. And so, to to kind of push what you're dealing with down or ignore it, and to try to just go full steam ahead, it's eventually going to come out. Uh, and you're going to eventually have to deal with it. And, and if you, you know, you go down the trajectory of not dealing with it in a, uh, the, the way in which the Lord would have you deal with it, you end up dealing with it, unfortunately, in kind of a crash and burn sort of way. I mean, that's why people have mental health issues. Yeah. You know, yeah. they, they go, that's why people end up in mental health institutions and other things and on a great deal of medication and have severe diagnoses. And they, they prove that over and over again, you know, just from a psychological perspective. Um, so don't do that. Please don't. Um, I was just going to say, as you're talking, I was thinking about it. Something that's really helpful to me is, is to look for the, you know, look for godly and mature people that, you know, you enjoy talking with and that'd be proactive in, saying, hey, um, can I talk to you about, uh, I'm going through this, can I, you know, talk to you about, and just kind of gauge their, kind of gauge their response, and then you'll know right away if, if they're a, a, a person that you can trust, that you can really open up and share with, you know, having, um, I've had to, since I've moved in the last five years, um, three times, over 700 miles, I've had to be proactive for this. And, and it's something that I really am quite passionate about because I think that especially in my role in ministry and what I do, I take accountability very seriously, as you know. And uh, it's something that I think I wish that more Christian leaders would do. But uh, in that, um, I'm just saying that I've had to be more proactive in looking Hey, is this person going to be a, a trusted? Are they are they sharp theologically? Are they pretty solid? I mean, that takes some time to. But are they are they a safe person? Can I trust them? 
and and you you kind of just feel it out. You know, it, it's not one of these. Um, I've thought about how do I, how do I, how do I get it so that I can explain to somebody. It's not. I don't think. Are, are they sharp theologically? Are they solid theologically? Meaning, do they know the Bible? Do they do they know their, their theology? And then when you talk to them, does it seem like they have some sort of maturity behind them and some a little bit of life experience or or the opposite? Are they harsh? Are they critical? Are they do they lack self-control? And um, so, you know, you know, you know, when you know that that person is solid and, and helpful and trustworthy, and then, you know, when they're not. Mm-hmm. And and it's a I think it's a I think it's a a fine line sometimes where you're like uh with some things i can open up with this person and some other things i'm like do i maybe i held back and and it's okay um to to hold back at, at times um in some things it's okay to go all the way in and then you kind of gauge it and think you know um it, it's hard to i think um like just generally speaking, it's hard to give a, a good explanation of that. Uh, just just gen- generally, how, how do you know? But I think those are some things I would say to just- You know when you see it sort of deal? Yeah, yeah. I think you know it when you see it and you know it when you when you experience it. But it just gener- generally, I think those are a couple of things I would say just to look for. Yeah, yeah. I One of the things that came to mind as you were talking too, just about- a, a, a mentor or trusted friend or counselor or wh- whoever it is that you end up connecting with. But if you're wrestling with grief, the timetable is different. You know, it affects people different ways. It, if the, the, the intensity of the season is a, it's a different length for every person. And so it's not, it really isn't a one size fits all. There's no, cookie cutter approach to addressing it. But so that's both to those who would care for people wrestling with it, but also, you know, for someone who's wrestling with it themselves, it's you're uniquely created in God's image. There's some things that you're not unique in, but, but as it relates to just your own, your own temperament, personality, the way you process it, it just is going to, it may look different for you than it looks for someone else. And 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 then for those that are providing counsel to to be gentle and to be patient and um yeah. uh, and not harsh yeah maybe you want to touch on that some more Just what's that we, how do we how do we care for those who are going and struggling with grief and loss so yes. touching on those things that you were just saying yeah i mean i i think you know my assumption is we would be talking about it in the context of the local church. And so you've got, you've got the local church as a resource at your disposal. And so we're obligated as Christians to, to bear one another's burdens. And and so, you know, we, we've got to operate with that mindset that, um, that we're to bear one another's burdens. And, uh, and I, I think that a, uh, a, a wise, helpful friend or counselor or pastor it needs to comprehend the situation before uh, before he decides to speak in speak into it uh, again be a, be accommodating to the unique image bearer that's sitting across from you uh, be 
mindful of their whole person, both body and soul, and how those things are, you know, they're, they're interconnected with one another. And, and so that, that needs to be a, a part of counsel. Don't speak beyond what you know. And, um, and, and so don't, don't pretend that you can give counsel in a particular area if really you don't, you're not equipped to speak into it, but um, uh, which you know, could get go into a direction of making sure you have the resources to point someone in the right direction to go find someone that can speak into that situation. But then also don't, you know, don't forget that you're dependent upon the Holy spirit of God in the counsel that you give. And so it should be prayerful. It should be mindful of the, the presence of the spirit of God. And it should be, um, it should be biblical and uh, the, the, the counsel that's given and, and with, with a long-term, not, not that you're meeting forever or you know, for, for years, but, but don't try, don't think, man, we met a couple of times and everything's good. Let's move, let's move on. Like have, have the long view in mind, especially if they're in the context of the local church, it's not, um, don't try to move. Uh, don't try to force sanctification growth. Don't try to force lamenting. Don't try to force the timetable on grief, all of those things, um, because that's not your jurisdiction. Mm. That's, really, that's really an important thing that you just said, because I think that we do take a kind of like, like you were mentioning earlier, a cookie cutter approach to things. And then, and then what that does is like, rather than, you had a few conversations like you were saying, but then uh, one conversation could lead to another and maybe that person thinks about it. And then, then they're like, Hey, Oh, they should be thinking about it if they're seeking help. And then, and then that provides another opportunity to have another conversation about it and so on and so forth. And I think that's a really good, important thing because we can just take that approach. Uh, Here's everything that I know. And that's not the most helpful um, yeah. And the person will probably walk away thinking they didn't listen to me or hear me. You know, I, the, I, I, there's a book called um, it's Martin Lloyd. It's Martin Lloyd Jones, but he didn't write the book. It's a bunch of his lecture. It's some lectures that were compiled and put into a book. called. I think the book's called Healing in the Scriptures or something. And it was a series of lectures that he gave to Christians, but particularly Christians in the medical field. Um, I, I, well, I don't know if it were, if it was made up of all Christians or not, but, but the, it was a distinctly Christian lecture that was given and, and he was, uh, pushing on, uh, medical practitioners, uh, about the tendency that even they have to approach a patient, uh, with a, a kind of a cookie cutter approach and, and not comprehending the what he called the whole person and uh and and so if if that was something that medical practitioners needed to be lectured on then then certainly it's it's something that we could we could heed the advice of of really trying to comprehend the person so far as it depends on us uh we want to be good stewards and so trying to comprehend the person that's sitting in in front of us so that we can give the most helpful counsel to them. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what are your most, what are your, what, what do you, how would you, what would you say to the Christian leader, whatever position or title they have um, 
you know, in the church or outside of it, what would you, what would you say is the most helpful thing that they can do to process their grief? If they're grieving. Yeah. I be in community. I would say don't, I, because I think grief, I think the, I think our spiritual enemy, the devil, um, I think wants to use grief to isolate you, uh, w- w- which is a common characteristic of people wrestling with depression. They're, they're often isolated and hidden and, uh, and, and that becomes a comfortable place for them, even though they're miserable. Like it, 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 and, and the longer you sit in isolation, and and cultivate that bad habit, the harder it is to get out of that. And so I would say that for for someone who's grieving, their their gut reaction may be to do to be private. Uh, and I'm I'm personality wise, I'm I'm more introverted. And so that would even be my own tendency of just being kind of more private and into myself. And but I, I would say to lean against that to find what you were just saying, just you know, a tr- someone that you trust someone maybe with some gray hairs in their head that have, they've, you know, they, they've got some life behind them. Uh, they love the Lord and, uh, and, and just seek to share with them your own struggles and your own wrestling. And, and, and for people that aren't in that place and they're connected to the local church, try to be the person that that person would want to come to. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and then just from a pastoral standpoint, I think acknowledging suffering and grief and depression when it, when the text is, um, uh, serves that to, to, to make for a hospitable environment in the church in which people can wrestle and, and struggle with that is, is critical as well because the pulpit sets the spiritual temperature of the, the church. Yeah. Just speaking of the pulpit, would you talk about that from the pulpit about your struggle? How would you, how would you do that? Yeah. I, so I, I'm, I'll give you a, an actual example. I, years ago. I, so the book that I'm um, getting ready to put out on depression, the origins of that book, it was a sermon that I preached at uh, the local church that planted the, uh, the church I'm pastoring at now. And in my my original text was Psalm seventy seven, and uh, and I and I was just that was a, I, I think that was just a text I happened to be assigned because it's been years since I preached it, but but the wrestle of the psalmist in that passage of scripture, and uh, and how vulnerable he was, and the 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 vocabulary that he gave, the words that were given to him by the Spirit of God to address. Uh, his depression in a worshipful way. And you even see it, Psalm 42, Psalm 43, why are you um, disquiet? You know, speaking to the soul, it's almost uh, this self-counseling that you see where he's, the psalmist is asking his soul, why are you disquieted within me? Uh, find comfort, find hope, find joy in the Lord. You know, that's not all that he's saying. I'm giving like a crazy paraphrase, but that's the gist. <laughs> Joey's uh, paraphrase, everybody. Joey's paraphrase. <laughs> But when I preached that and I, I spent time on depression specifically uh, and um, I was su- surprised by how many people in just in our local church uh, at the time reached out to me and thanked me because 
they were hearing their struggle articulated with the sacred words of scripture from the pulpit, which helped them see a path toward um, uh, gospel hope. And, and, uh, and I remember I had written a whole lot more than what I preached from the pulpit. And, and just based on that response, I realized this is a big need in, in a gap in, uh, in just Christian literature in general. And, and so, so I, so I say that to give an example of that was just one sermon from a pulpit that, uh, was probably the most feedback I had ever personally received on any sermon I've ever preached. And it was because there were a lot of people sitting in our congregation that were silently struggling um, with depression, with grief, with, you know, all, it's, it clusters. And so all of its companions that come along with it and, and many of them felt isolated and uh, in, in preaching that sermon uh, for some of them was a step toward struggling in community for them or provoking them to struggle in community. While at the same time, um, my hope was, is that it was a starting point, an equipping point, perhaps for helpers in the congregation that would have eyes for those suffering saints. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. And, and this kind of brings me to the heart of this episode, really. Because, you know, we were coming out or supposedly coming out of, I'll say it that way, COVID-19. What's COVID? COVID-19, you know. I haven't heard of it. Yeah, me yeah. neither. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this 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 season of, you know, where a lot of people have lost family members and friends, even church members. And um, so yeah. that's kind of why I wanted to do this. This episode is, you know, and then I think what we we've done is we've 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 talked about, you know, caring for one another and then caring for ourselves as made in the image of God and in the local church, which I love, and then finding the help that we need. But, you know, what, what would you say to the person who, you know, and, and of course, you know, being that I have struggled with chronic grief, you know, what, what would you say to the, to the person that, is really struggling with with this they're having a hard really hard time you know coming out of coming out of it maybe they even had covid and then they lost somebody which is true of me so you're saying um, coming out of the last couple of years of covid yeah, and, yeah, and, and then, grieving yeah, the loss of yeah, someone because loss of also somebody and the tra- tra- the tra- uh the you know the traumatic nature of it and those things what what would you say to to the christian who who's in that right now yeah uh, I, I mean, I, I would definitely say um, a, f- a first step, again, assuming you're in the context of a local church, would be to make moves toward the elders, toward the leadership of that church and, and give voice to the struggle um, if you're able to do that. And so I, so I would encourage that to be a first step because I think that's connected. That's the the what what's connected to the other counsel I would give, which is to don't, don't succumb to despair. Don't be paralyzed. Don't, don't, um, uh, you, you don't want to flounder, uh, and, and live in defeat, which is again, where your spiritual enemy wants you to, to be. And, um, and so I, I would certainly say first move toward the, 
the leaders in your local church context and make make your struggle known and ask for help. Um, if for whatever reason you don't find help there, I would seek out help through a biblical counselor. And so, and there's, you know, you could go through CCEF um, website to, to try to find counselors. You can go through ACBC's uh, website as well to try to find count. You know, you can, there's a couple of different places that um, websites that you can go to, to look for biblical counselors in, in your particular area. Uh, if you aren't able to con- connect with anyone in your local church that can, uh, that can help you. And, and, and if once you do that and you find those people, they can help resource you with whether that be books to help shape your thinking or, but, but even mainly praying with you, praying for you, opening the scriptures, being available to you, giving you space to, to talk uh, and to process. Right? And so, so that, that, that would be my just initial encouragement again assuming they're assuming the listeners in 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 a local church somewhere yeah and 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 just just remember god is sovereign right and so the world's not spinning out of control covid19 wasn't didn't take god by surprise uh and so he's sovereign but then he's also remember he's good like he's both of he's both of those things and so it's good that he's in absolute control because he's the only one that's truly good. Um, and, uh, and in the midst of, of grief and sorrow, it, that can be a hard thing to, to remember, but remind yourself of it and your emotions by God's grace will one day catch up with what you know to be true. That is so good, brother. Yeah, I, that is so good. Um, and, you know, even, even though you and I've been talking and I know you know this, but, just for the sake of our listeners, I'll share this too. Just because Joe, Joey lives in Virginia, I live in Oregon. Um, I'm still talking to people, you know, the pastors, uh, at least one of them, yeah. or a couple of them know about what's happening. And then, you know, the the guy who leads our my small group is also uh, a supervisor of chaplains in the area. And so um, he knows as well. And he's been a, he's been a help to me too. And, and others have too. I mean, on and on. Other other friends in ministry have a lot of experience, and uh, you know probably the most helpful thing is just saying, "I'm so sorry to I'm so sorry to hear that." Um, I'm praying for you. Yeah, I'm praying for comfort for you, and and I'm here to listen. You know that that, that just goes so far. That that's kindness. That's the you know the fruit of the spirit in in action, really, and that just. Uh, yeah, it just goes a long way with people, yeah. you know, to to have them open up and share. And, you know, so, yeah, like Joey said, be intentional. First step, go to your pastors. Go to those. If you're in a small, go to them, share with them. Um, during, you know, a lot of the time, there'll be a time of prayer. Share that. And I know that's going to be really hard, you know, because you might not know them. You might not have you might not want to open up, but do it anyway. It's going to be uncomfortable. But it's the uncomfortable because you never know how God might use that in their life. But you need it more than that concern. You need it. And, you know, it, it is sometimes uncomfortable. Like I get uncomfortable sharing on social media about my dad all the time because, well, then I also hear about it um, <laughs> uh, from other people. But but they also tell me thank you for sharing about it. 
Yeah. And and that just reminds me that I need to keep sharing about it. Um, because yes, it's it's hard to share about, and this is hard to share about too. But I'm not I'm not doing it for the thank you. I'm doing it be, well, I'm doing it because I think that we do need to talk about it. And I do think that a lot of people are struggling in silence. And part of you, part of, uh, part of our job as Christians is to be an encouragement and, and a means of help to one another. And so um, I think that we've done that in this episode. So I, I really appreciate it, brother. Yeah, man, absolutely. Thanks for uh, having me on. Yeah. So where can people go to find you on social media or tell us a little bit about your, the podcast that you do and those things and then we'll, Oh yeah. You want to give. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm on Twitter. So I think my Twitter handle is at Joey underscore Tomlinson and uh, I'm on Facebook. So you can assuming type my name in there and find me. So I'm on both of those places, but I uh, I have a a website that I host with another, uh, just a brother pastor in the area. He pastors another church just uh, in the next uh, town over and, uh, and it's uh, broad oak piety. Dot org and we do a like a bi-weekly ish podcast and then we try to when we have time to to publish articles and so we don't we do not keep keep up with all that you do my brother but um uh, but we do try to put out some helpful content to to help aid people as they're connecting in their local church so um so yeah and you can find the the podcast you can find it wherever it is that you get your podcasts yeah and i and i've been on the podcast so you've been on yes we had you on about your book yeah about my first one and you guys you guys do good work so i encourage you thanks brother any any last thoughts that you have for us brother no i don't have i you know my prayer is is that uh this would be a good um perhaps first step for someone who may be struggling out there so yeah well thank you so much brother for your time and and for uh, all the all the energy that you put into helping me and that you continue to do, I, I really appreciate it. Hey, it's my pleasure, my brother. Thanks, brother. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe Rate us on the app and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.